Good afternoon, or almost actually it's evening. And uh, I want to thank you, uh, Governor Ms. Abbott, for uh, your hospitality and your friendship. And uh, Representative Senator Cornyn, I think he had to go back. Uh, I think he's getting on the plane. He told me last, he came in to see me last event. And representatives, uh, Shirley Jackson Lee, Al Green, Sylvia Garcia, Lizzie Pinelli, Excuse me, Finnell, and uh, what am I doing here? I'm going to lose track here. And uh, uh, Mayor Turner, Judge Hidalgo, uh, thank you all for welcoming us. And Jill and I wanted to visit Texas today for a couple of reasons. First and foremost, let the people of Texas know our prayers are with you in this aftermath of this winter storm. And secondly, to uh, let you know, uh, what I told Governor Abbott and Mayor Turner and Judge. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Joe Biden up there for. That's a 64 second clip, ladies and gentlemen. And he makes almost no sense throughout the whole thing. We're, it's right at the beginning of his speech. The excuse can't be made that, oh, you know, he's been going on for 40 minutes and he's an old man and he's lost his way. You know, I think we could all, we would all be somewhat sympathetic if that were the case. This was the top of his address, right at the very top of it. He's 60 seconds in. He's calling Sheila Jackson Lee, Shirley Jackson Lee. He says, what am I doing here? I'm going to go off track. This is the president of the United States of America, ladies and gentlemen. This is the president that they said would return everything back to normality after those crazy four years of a president who told you what was on his mind. I just wanted to open with that today. It's Saturday, February the 27th, the year of our Lord, 2021. I'm here in the basement on Capitol Hill bringing you the latest Joe Biden flub. Now, I set up uh, a day or so ago, I set up a website called joeanon.com, joeanon.com. And the purpose of joeanon.com, it's just a simple site. It goes over to the National Pulse, a specialist web page we've built over there that shows you how long it's been since a solo, unaccompanied Joe Biden press conference. Now, I don't count yesterday's in Texas as a solo, unaccompanied Joe Biden press conference. He's done a few of these things where he's always got a staffer around to help him, or he's got Jill there with the uh, with the apple paste, you know, in case he gets hungry, wants to bite a finger or whatever. And by this point in their administrations, Barack Obama and Donald Trump had both given their solo pressers, just them and the press, unadulterated. I think Obama had done several by this point. We are now 38 days, 4 hours, 26 minutes, and 23 seconds, 24 seconds, 25 seconds since a solo Joe Biden presser. Oh, wait, what I mean by that is he hasn't given one since becoming president of the United States. Right, yesterday, on yesterday's show, we were talking about this... Oh, and by the way, if you want to if you want to go to that website, it's joanon.com. Just share that around. Share that with people. Post it on social media. Yesterday, we were talking about 
a strange constitutional crisis, really, that's unfolding in, in my home country, in the United Kingdom, and in my old stomping grounds, really, in Westminster. That is the kind of the equivalent of, you know, Washington, D.C. It's, it's downtown and Capitol Hill smushed together. It's the political center uh, in the United Kingdom, where all of the institutions are, or most of the institutions are, given given that there is slight level of uh, devolution, um, too much if you ask me, but uh, slight level of devolution to to other places in the United Kingdom. But really, Westminster is where all the action happens. I know there is a lot of you out there listening to this who already know this. I apologize for for explaining it. I'm not patronizing you. Um, I understand that there are people out there who don't quite understand how how politics in the United Kingdom works. They've never come across it. Why why would they have? So uh, I try and and tread that fine line, and our next guests are going to have to thread that needle as well. Uh, It's returning for his third hat-trick appearance on the National Pulse podcast is the Bow Group chairman, Ben Harris-Quinney, who we heard from yesterday. This is a new show. If you're hearing Ben again, don't turn off and think you haven't got a new show. You have... Um, and also joining us on today's show is a man called Nick Connor. And Nick, I've known for some time as well. Nick works closely uh, with the Bow Group, but is also kind of a man about Westminster in the sense that he's worked for a lot of different Westminster organizations. Somehow has never really been captured by the institutions like so many managed to 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 be. Um, and I want to welcome them both to the uh, to the show today. Nick and Ben, welcome. Hi, Raheem. How are you doing? Do we have Ben? Hello again. Oh, we have Ben. There he is, lurking, always lurking. Um, Hello. Yeah, hello. Right. When we went off air yesterday, Ben, uh, the reason we wanted to do another one of these is is we had another major development in the the story that we were talking about. And look, why are we talking about this? Why is the National Pulse audience, why should the National Pulse audience uh, be interested in this? I have my own answers. Uh, Ben, Nick, I I, want to start off there. You know, why, what, and, and... there are plenty of Brits that listen to this podcast as well, plenty of people from other places other than America. But why would people outside of the United Kingdom care uh, about Carrie Simmons and this and this constitutional crisis she seems to be bringing upon the UK? Ben first, then Nick. Well, um, we're, we're, we're well into stranger than fiction territory now, where we have a situation where the Prime Minister's girlfriend is appears to be announcing in... Uh, Britain's major society magazine uh, with with an airbrushed glossy photo um, and and the the headline Carrie's Coup on the front cover of of Tatler magazine that she has launched a coup in the United Kingdom. Um, I don't, (laughs) I can't think of any examples of where that has happened before, but the the question is to, it's very, um, over the last year and a half, consistent reports have been coming out that the Prime Minister's girlfriend is actually very significantly involving herself in running the country. And this is this she is has, this is a major look. I mean, for the international audience, you know, the United Kingdom, major major G seven country, uh, one of the primary yeah, allies of the United. You might have heard of it. Well, what I'm trying. Yeah, we to, were quite big. <laughs> well, that's the point, Ben. The I think what what I'm trying to say is that a lot of people might think, in a post Brexit world, especially. Um, that the UK's role on the world stage may may somehow have been diminished. Quite the opposite, Nick. In fact, correct me if I'm wrong, I want to bring Nick Connor into the conversation here. Uh, the UK is actually leading uh, in Europe and, and leading, in fact, around the world in terms of uh, its COVID vaccine programme. It has shown itself to be um, 
you know, relatively more competent than than other major uh, Western nations in that regard. And and so when the when the audience thinks about this, they should be thinking about it as not just a leading player on the international scene still, but also one of America's most critical allies. Nick, no, no, that's right. I think um, the the key thing, especially if you're you're stateside and you're looking in on this, basically what's happened. If you imagine your first lady. Um, go back in time, you can think, you know, whoever it is, it really doesn't matter. But basically, you're having the equivalent to the first lady who's actually not married to the prime minister. Here's a sort of girlfriend of two years. They have a child together. But basically, the first lady who is not involved in sort of skullduggery against the opposition party. It's not like a, a, a sort of a Republican first lady having to go at the Democrats. What is happening here is you have your first lady having a go at the prime minister's own team. And when I mean having a go, I mean getting people fired, the most senior advisors, the civil servants fired, bringing in her own people, a cut and a a coup d'etat within 10 Downing Street to to really push her own agenda. But if we're honest, it's less of a a policy agenda. It's more of a sort of ambition, a a, a power struggle to, to control what's going on. And the way 10 Down the Street works, um, you know, you have Parliament, you have all that, but it is very similar to the White House. It is very similar to the, the presidency where there's a lot of, uh, you know, authoritative control. So the government, you know, for example, can put the country into lockdown, which we, we currently are. Sure. Um, they, they ask for a guide and vote of Parliament, but it's their decision. So there's a lot of power associated with that office. And let me ask you both, Ben, first, how big, just so our audience gets the impression, how big is this story in the UK right now? Because as yet, I don't think it's been represented that there is this. And it's interesting because I think Americans have had a a, a longstanding interest, not just in the royal family, but of course, uh, you know, British political uh, crises and, and things like that actually loom quite large in the American cultural psyche, at least Profumo and, and, and all of that. So so how big is it in the British press? And do you think it will bleed over into into the US uh, papers anytime soon? Well, it, it's it's been covered, I think, in every newspaper in, in the UK. And you've got to understand this is in the context of everyone being told hitherto that you could not criticise Carrie Simmons in the press because she was too powerful and should come after you. Mm. Now, Britain's the journalist from Britain's biggest newspaper called me the other day, and I know you don't want me swearing on your show. No, you can't swear, Ben. Oh, no, 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 you no. have to use Science. S no, word or F word. I will strip you of your best man title. Yeah, well, I, well, well that's a, that's an We'll come to that. That's an announcement. But, yeah, we've just broken um, news there. The, uh, the 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 one of the the lead journalists on on Britain's largest newspaper mm. called me and said, "I don't know, Ben." you've caused one hell of a sugar storm with us. Um, and, you know, I said, well, that's my job. You know, yeah. it's my job to hold the government to account. And do you know what else? That's your job Yeah, it should have been well. his job. Um, and I saw your, your, your very own Natalie Winters, who I don't know personally, but I've seen a lot of stuff from, from her, um, where she was essentially saying, look, you know, the National Pulse is a, is a relatively small 
organization by comparison to CNN, by comparison to Fox. Right. Uh, and, and we're making stories and we're doing the work because other people aren't doing their job. Right. And so what, what, we've, what we've had uh, since we've called this investigation, because it's into Carrie Simmons and her role in government, uh, because it's, it, it has played huge in the British press and, and it's struck a chord with the public very much. We're very angry about it. Um, and, and we've got people coming to us saying, oh, you should also investigate this. You should mm. also investigate that. You should do something like that. And, you know, the Bow Group, certainly by American standards, is a small think tank. We, right. We're not here to govern the United Kingdom or indeed to investigate crimes. You don't, or, you, don't or have, you don't have a big building on, you know, the equivalent of Massachusetts Avenue in, 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 in Westminster and, and, you know, that is staffed with 600 people hosting three events a day, pumping out 40 you know, white papers, policy papers, sponsoring CPAC. You know, this is a this is a pretty modest operation you guys are running, but also the oldest. Yeah, and generally the case that that's the case in the UK. There there is nothing like the, the Heritage Foundation, for right. example, in in Britain. Or, or um, I mean, there's very few things like that in in the whole of Europe. Mm. But but the, the the British NGO think tank scene is is much much more modest than the United States. So. Um, we we do what we can, and and I think we do. I'm not being humble, but I I, I think we punch well above our weight, um, and I think you know we we get almost everything right. And I'm not just saying that. Go go and look at our track record of what we have said over the ten last ten years, and what's come true, and go and look yeah. at the track record of the UK government over the last ten years. So. You know, all of those things have, have come together, I think, to strike a chord with the public, which a lot of people think, oh, it's important to uh, to uh, have friends in the in the media and in Westminster. The really important thing is what do the public think? And that's what's caused and forced the national media to cover this story. Mm. And, you know, I just picked up uh, a piece that it's been covered in Vanity Fair, Spain. Wow. Um, so this is, this is coming out the there Japanese now. Press. Yeah, it's been coming in the Japanese press. It's, 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 I've been libeled in the French press, which is which is great news. Great, great honour for um, a Brit. Great, great honour. I'm doing something right. Uh, so I think I think this this story yeah. um, is has already established itself in the UK. It uh, is. I, I spoke last night to one of our leading constitutional experts, and he said, not only is nothing like this ever occurred in modern history. Nothing like this has ever occurred, even if you go back into medieval history. So um, I, I, this, this story will come to the shores of the United States and it will be covered uh, by more people than the National Pulse, although, of course, that's the way it usually is. The National Pulse breaks the stories and then everyone else catches up a few months later. What's important to note is this is really at the beginning of, of the story. So I was speaking to the, the BBC the other day, and even though people are talking out, but they won't go on the record. So far, the Bow Group are the only people to go on record to say, something is wrong here, we need an inquiry. Right. Everyone else is frankly too scared because of the power uh, which has been wielded at the moment. 
So, Nick, let's let's dive into this story a little bit more now. Appreciate the uh, appreciate the, the the sort of uh, the wrap from yesterday. We re- reintroducing the story to the audience and and getting to understand that there are multiple dimensions to this, and there is, of course, a dimension to this that, that, that is very serious on an international stage. If indeed Carrie Simmons is wielding uh, power over policy uh, in Number Ten, you know, Britain is one of the most critical nuclear powers in the world. Um, trade policy is obviously a massive thing, not just for Britain but other sovereign nations right now uh, in a post-Brexit world where, you know, Britain is a new market for a lot of people outside of the European Union, finally. And and, and all of these things, climate change policy, uh, all of these things that are that are do- being done on an in- international level with, with, you know, some level of multilateralism, whether it's forced or whether it's voluntary, as, as, as was the case under the Trump administration, this is this is going to impact all of those things. And Carrie Simmons, whether you know her name or not, I hope you all will remember it now, but whether you knew that name or not starting yesterday, you should be processing a lot of the information that you're hearing outside of the uh, from from out from within the United Kingdom outside. You should be processing that with Carrie in mind. So let's talk about her, Nick, because you know her personally. I know her personally. Ben, I don't know if you've actually had any any interactions with her one on one. But Nick, I want to ask you, you've worked yeah. with you've worked with and around Carrie Simmons for a long time. What what is it about this character? What is it about her that that, that has allowed her, enabled her and, and caused her to not just as, as Ben alleges, not just exert uh, control or power where, where none is due, but also to kind of be rubbing it in the faces of people by, you know, ha- working with tap. Tatler Magazine, one of the leading society magazines in the United Kingdom, working with Tatler Magazine to get a front page, an airbrushed, glossy front page of her, where it says, Carrie's coup underneath her face. Certainly. So her background, her grandfather was a lord. He was a lord for the Labour Party. So he was um, a journalist, a socialist um, journalist who then uh, became a lord. Uh, Father, um, also very much on the on the left, uh, a Labour supporter. He founded a newspaper called the Independent newspaper in the uh, I think it's the nineteen eighties, late eighties. Mm. And the Independent, along with the Guardian newspaper, which uh, some of you reader, readers may have heard of, is the leading uh, one. Well, used to be. Uh, it, it no longer is in print. It's only online these days. But it used to be the the sort of second fiddle sort of left-wing uh, broadsheet newspaper. And her dad founded that. She went to a, a, a very posh fee-paying school in, in, in West London. Um, it, she then obviously went to university. She is a socialite. You know, she has built a you know, very successful career in, in politics by building a network with journalists, with lobbyists, with lords, with members of parliament, uh, and within the Conservative Party itself, really in the champagne bars in and around Westminster. And uh, her, her great strength, you know, if we were talking about her great strength, really is uh, using that network, calling in favours um, to, to, to uh, sort of take out her, her nemesis who, who, who may be, you know, sort of get in the way of her, her sort of road to power. Now, Ben, I want to want to come back to one of the things that we heard about yesterday, which is the response to to criticisms of Carrie's control or Carrie's coup, as she would have it named on on the front page of Tatler. Um, 
you know, it's 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 misogynistic to talk about this. We're three men here on a podcast, and we're we're bemoaning the power that that Carrie Simmons has has accumulated by by the measures that Nick Nick Connors just talked about her her upbringing, her schooling, her 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 friendship circles. In other words, her privilege, right? Her privilege as the left would 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 show it. But are we just mad about that? Are we just are we just you know scornful of the fact that Carrie's more successful than we are? Well, it's, uh, I, I have to call bullshine, uh, bullshine <laughs> yes. on uh, some of the things that Nick just said, that she's had a hardly successful career. Mm. Um, much is made of the fact that she was um, director of communications at the Conservative Party for, for less than a year. Um, she left that role uh, under accusations of fraud and workplace bullying. Um in her entire tenure, you're, you're, just be specific. You're talking about you're talking about expenses that didn't add up and, and things like that when in, during her very short tenure. Well, well, the report the reports were that she was submitting expense claims um, on behalf of other people and collecting the money herself. And that never got investigated. Um, it was investigated by the by the press, mm. but but not by the police. Right. Um, but by that time. Of course, she was in a relationship with Boris Johnson. So I would imagine the Conservative Party decided that they didn't necessarily want to investigate <laughs> financial disputes with the girlfriend of the Prime Minister. Yeah. Um, but, uh, and, and to be clear, I, I don't know Carrie Simmons personally, but I was involved in uh, something called the, the Pat Latore scandal, which I exposed in 2015. And I've been investigating her ever since. I submitted, there was a, there was a major inquiry into that which I submitted evidence to about her, mm. and nothing was done about it because the Conservative Party just wanted to kick it down the road and, again, so, not properly investigated. You're, 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 you're but, painting the picture here, Ben, and, and Nick, of... of of this person who is sort of untouchable, of a person who is... I mean, look, there's no surprise that Tatler magazine, when it's... And I encourage the audience to go and find this front cover. Just type into your search browser, Carrie's Coup, Carrie Simmons, and Tatler magazine, any of those terms that should come up, uh, especially in your image search, and, and look at it. Because there's no surprise to me, Ben, that they've put her face there alongside the big word, Diana right next to it right so are we talking about somebody here who is who is beyond criticism as far as the establishment is concerned yeah I think I think well, the, uh, the test you have to do and the test is this if I wanted to make a complaint about Carrie Simmons who do I make a complaint to if what code of conduct does she follow and who can sack her now this is what the danger is the fact that she is in power but unremovable. She doesn't account to anyone. She but, but nobody could like, remove. Nobody could remove Dennis Thatcher. Nobody could remove Cherie Blair. Nobody could remove whatever Gordon Brown's wife was called, Sarah. Sarah Brown. Sarah Brown. Uh, so, 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 how's this any? I mean, as forgettable as Gordon was, frankly. Um, and, and so, how is this any different? Yeah, sure. So, I think that unlike in the United States, where the the office or first lady is, is a legal entity. Mm. There is no such equivalent um, in, in the United Kingdom. Mm. So the, the, the spouse of the prime minister um, is very much unaccountable. Now, yes, these, this happened before, and you know, it happens to men, it happens to women, it doesn't really matter, the partner of the prime minister, there has been in the past. Mm. And I'm actually fine with them giving an opinion. I'm fine with them 
going off campaigning for, you know, charitable causes or, you know, sort of injustices they see in the world. Where I believe Carrie has overstepped the line and it really has nothing to do with her being a woman. You know, this is a fact, it doesn't matter if it was Boris's boyfriend. You know, it's a question of when the partner of the Prime Minister is involved in the day-to-day running of 10 Down the Street, simply and purely for no other reason that they are the partner of the Prime Minister. So let's talk, let's talk in, 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 you know, let's, let's actually do some, some news here. Tell us, Nick, about your experiences personally with Carrie, when, when you have worked with or around Carrie, because without the personalization of story, without people understanding how she's gone about her life, I don't think they could necessarily understand a lot of the conclusions that you guys are alluding to. Yeah, certainly. I mean, the first thing to say is that I've never had a disagreement with her. Mm. Um, we've always been, you know, on, on, on good terms. Um, so this is not a sort of a personal grudge or sort of a, sort of something built up over years. Would, you know, would, this she is, say this that? Is, would she say that? Would she I, say we've I, never I, had an argument? I don't think we have had it. We've never, okay. not in person anyway. Okay. She certainly knows, you know, so my involvement at the Bow Group, involved with sort of Ben and you, and yourself, who should be noted as the first journalist to break the story of the Tatler Tory scandal, which was absolutely huge at uh, the side was of the Atlantic. Me? I believe so. Wow. I believe you broke that it's been story. A long, long time. Someone yeah. must have tipped you off, Raheem. Someone <laughs> must have tipped you off. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, she, she would have been knowing me. I mean, I think the whole of the central office in the Conservative Party would have known me and would have sort of, you know, been involved. But when it came to a personal level, you know, she was always smiling, always very, you know, sort of jovial and, and what, whatever that, you know, so there isn't, hasn't been a, a deep argument, but you know, she's someone who's built, as I, I was speaking about earlier, this network. But what I mean by that, sort of editors of newspapers, I'm talking sort of the big corporations, I'm talking sort of lords and, you know, she is, she's got within 10 years, left university internship, now is the partner of the prime minister. She's, she's 32, she's, she's very young and gone quite far in quite a short time really through through sort of champagne meetings so so again i want and i want to just stress this uh, a little bit here and press this issue with you but your personal interactions with her tell us what she's like how do you and i've got my own story so you can throw that question right back at me um but i want you to answer it first yeah i mean she so so i've worked for quite a short period of time at, at vote leave and as you could probably imagine, you know, everyone involved in Brexit was was busy. Um, she she came into that role after um, a period working for a government minister. Mm. Um, she, you know, she was quite quiet. You know, she I didn't. You know, she wasn't one of the leading lights. She wasn't a star in that. You know, she she really was just sort of a press officer. Uh, you know, that was five years ago. Um, but you know, other than that, you know, I, I don't don't know what what's what's your story, Raheem? What 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 do you have on her? Yeah, she wasn't. She wasn't. I wouldn't say she was quiet. So I I used to live on the same street for the audience's sake, on the same street called Matthew Parker Street, as a Conservative campaign headquarters. That is the central office of the Conservative Party, and in in, in the UK and. 
she would often walk past my when she worked at, at CCHQ. She would often walk past my bedroom window or my or my um, dining room window, both both next to one another, and. I'd, I'd open up the window. She'd say hello. I think sometimes she'd want to smoke a cigarette while she waited to go into work. But she would. It was very clear to me then that that she was using, and I don't mean to sound rude about this, but using who she was and her appearances to ingratiate herself with with me and other people who may have been in the office um that I that I you know I worked out of the uh, we had the office right above my my apartment so and and this is what I mean by that she would have been aware that that Westminster wasn't exactly heaving with with young women and the young women that did work there sort of had their own you know like like the men who work there have their kind of weird wonkish personalities carrie didn't have that about her she was gregarious she knew she could command the attention of men in a room for sure uh because she was blonde because she was not unattractive to look at and because um she 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 would she would force those issues in a social situation she would force uh a a, a conversation with whomever she wanted the attention of and i i sort of cottoned onto that very quickly because if you're if you if you know westminster if you know washington dc those are the things that people always try and use against you um some you know whether if it's some people will use um you know social situations like that some people will use you know it's the it's the it's the first question you're ever asked in washington dc when you meet somebody new is what do you do or who do you work for and and she was always very to the point about you know conversationally as well there wasn't much sort of dancing around the issue she was there to extract some information from you and and you could see her filing it away in her in in the back of her mind so so i think very calculating uh very disingenuous um and and really the the epitome of all the worst things that i've ever known about people who work in politics ben just so very quickly i I would quickly agree with that and you know, the interesting thing when she came to work and vote leave, I didn't realize she was a Brexiteer. And that's <laughs> one of the things you wouldn't say she was a, a, a Thatcherite or even left. She, she's almost, you know, sort of non-political. Ben. Uh, well, uh, to, to, to wrap back to the sexism, misogyny yeah. point, yeah. Um, the news that came out since we did this yesterday mm. was, a, was a major in the Daily Mail. Um, and Who's got the police after him? Was yeah, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> I, think, I think we're getting close to the time that, that the police may need to be involved. But what that <laughs> set out was um, that Carrie Simmons had been involved in attempting, to, in, in, in effectively uh, lobbying to remove two women from the civil service, which is... You know the the the, the non-elected, right. non-appointed right. side of government bureaucracy, and these, these women were um, tipped for the top. We've never had a female head of the civil service, and these women, the, the, both of them, but one particularly, was was tipped to be on her way to achieving that position. The report suggests that Carrie Simmons stopped that from happening, mm. and then for the for the individual that was in the role of amusingly, um, the, the, the Justice Department of overseeing government ethics and accountability mm. uh, a, a attempted to, to lobby 
to get her removed from that post because um, there were a number of questions that I think she was raising about Simmons' role in number 10, uh, including financial impropriety in terms of how much money they were spending on designing the new flat. I mean, again, you've got to, to, to go back to the point about think tanks. Yeah. Um, the, the politics in the UK is far less glamorous than it is in the US. Yes. So uh, generally, the, the, the number 10, I mean, I've been in, into number 10 a few times. Um, you know, door handles fall off. There's yeah. paint coming off the wall. Um, you know, and is, and and is, in a media sense, uh, you know, the reason she's on the front page of of Tatler as a as a as a political figure is because there isn't this kind of you know the the leggy blondes at Fox News on the television all the time. She she to that world stands out. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's it's not really a glamorous world, and it's not the sort of world that you that that when you come into government you hire extremely expensive designers and mm. you know. Um, very expensive furniture and these sorts of things. It's it's it, it, it's it's pretty basic. Um, uh, but she came in and decided that she wanted, uh, you know, an expensive designer and and mm. all of the various trappings of of, of a luxury uh, accommodation. And uh, the you know questions were very quickly raised um, by uh, by the justice department and by the civil service, as reports say that uh, this was not an appropriate use of taxpayers' funds. Mm. Um, there were also questions, of course, over her role in, in government business. So th- th- this is a, that's a major story in and of itself. So this, and um, this is the development that came out after, after we had hung up yesterday. That's right. After the show. So, so I encourage you, your listeners, to read all of this. On the, on the, the Daily Mail has probably had the best coverage of this so far. Um, and you can read it, the, the story. It's a very long piece. It's, it's you know, well over a, a thousand words. And your, your listeners can, can read that. There's a lot of detail in it. But what we, very prominent female politicians came out over the last few days to accuse the Bay Group of being afraid of strong women mm. and, and wanting to tear them down from public life. Mm. Well, that's not something the Bow Group has ever done. In fact, the Bow Group was the foundry of, of Margaret Thatcher's government and Margaret Thatcher took a very large right. portion of her ministers from the Bay Group and we've we've and, and we hold up Margaret Thatcher as a, as a paragon and an example of strong women who actually achieved something you know who actually achieved some credible mm. uh, things in her life rather than just marrying someone or being the girlfriend of someone now um, the, the, the 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 reports of course demonstrate that it's actually been Carrie Simmons has been tearing down not only powerful women in public life, but women that were tipped to take the, the role of head of the civil service for the very first time. Women, and I don't women, like women, women who have actually, you know, really worked hard and contributed, you know, and had very long uh, oh, careers. Yeah. If you look at what, whatever you think of the, 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 the politics of these women, sure. uh, they are far uh, yeah. more accomplished than Carrie Simmons. Sure. Their achievements are far more tangible for sure. than, than Carrie Simmons. And there's no suggestion that they got to where they are, uh, by for, because of who their who their significant other was. And we're talking um, here so, just just so that the audience has a as a as a reference point here when they read the story. What we're talking about here is the deputy cabinet secretary Helen McNamara and Antonio Romeo, uh, the permanent secretary at the Ministry of Justice. These are the people that uh, 
that 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 Carrie Simmons is alleged to have to have stopped from getting any further in their careers. Yes, and and is alleged to have not only stopped getting further in their careers, but but actually removed removed them from their posts. So, mm. um, I, I believe that uh, Miss Mrs. McNamara has now left the civil service and is now working for the for the Premier League, and and she was the one that was tipped to head the civil service in the future. So. My read of it is that she was blocked from advancement and realised she was never going to achieve what she set out to achieve in the civil service, and yeah. so left left yeah. for a different because, job because of Carrie um, Simmons. How does that square? Uh, let me bring Nick back in here. Nick, how does that square with, uh, for instance, Conservative Party members of Parliament who have weighed into this um, story as it is continuing to 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 jump through the different media outlets and indeed, as Ben says, now start to make uh, landings in, in other countries and other media outlets in other countries. How does it square with one of the uh, Tory MPs, Caroline Noakes, who said, jealous little men feel threatened by intelligent women? Are you a jealous little man, Nick? Uh, well, I'm about 5'10", so I don't know if that's little. Um, but I'm, I'm not. You're not, you're not 5'10". You're not five. Well, five inch and a half. There we go. Rowing back. Oh my goodness! So you are a jealous little man, Dick. <laughs> oh yes, and um, but not of Carrie Simmons. So um, je- jealous of Ben and uh, his newfound beard. But, um, and his and and his height clearly. And his yeah, yeah. His, his his inches there. Well, um, there's no problem. There's no problem there. Believe me. <laughs> There's no problem there. He is quoting Donald J. Trump. Uh, Nick, what, what, what does Caroline Noakes mean? I mean, why is she? Why is her first response to this whole story? Because look, it's not just you guys saying it. And I need the audience to understand that the reason we're doing this is, and the reason we're bringing you this information, this podcast, is because we are always we always try and be ahead on on and major important political stories we were ahead on the on the on the covid-19 story uh we've been ahead on the election steal story we were ahead on on just so many the chinese communist party stuff that we're now starting to see in different news outlets here in washington dc i know that the daily caller and and breitbart have started to report on things that natalie winters and i have have been reporting on for so long and so this is just another one of those instances where we 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 i want to bring you the news before you see it uh, filtered through in its very watered down form um, in other media outlets. So, so let's let's come back to this. She, Caroline Noakes, says you jealous little men feel threatened by an intelligent woman, but at the same time, Nick, we're being told uh, in a leading major newspaper. And Ben, when we come back to you, I want to talk about how risky it is. Uh, for the mail to be doing this because of access and all of all of the things that the mail holds dear but nick we're now being told that it was actually carrie simmons who seems to be have been jealous of of intelligent women well that's it i mean there's been a a jamboree of establishment figures who the cross party um even though you know most of them probably hold the same political uh, opinion as in the, the centralist globalist um, you know, off the left, but they are in different parties or mm. uh, establishments where, you know, sort of right on the walls, you know, baronesses and you, you name it, lords, it's, uh, ministers of state. So the whole establishment has come out really uh, in defense of, of Carrie Simmons, um, who herself is, you know, a, a fully fledged member of the establishment, not, 
you know, sort of uniquely, you know, away from her sort of being partner with the prime minister. Um, so, so what this is, is it's almost people stepping out here to, to say, you can't have a go at her, she's one of us. But quite interesting is the conversations I've had, I, I know Ben has had as well with ordinary Conservative voters, Conservative Party members, as well as Conservative Party members of Parliament who say, I totally agree. Mm. Now, the interesting thing about those members of Parliament, none of them will uh, put their name forward or go public because they are terrified of her. And, you know, I, I may be, you know, five foot eight and a half. You know, she, 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 Carrie Simmons is probably, you know, no more than five, five. So she, you know, they're, they're scared of this, this, this person. And it's, it's not, you know, sort of a, a sexist thing to say that mm. she, 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 he's probably overstepped the line from being a partner and an influential person campaigning for goods, but actually, you know, putting grown men and women, you know, shriveling in their shoes. Ben, how hard is it going to be for this story to continue being reported and for more details to come out? I mean, surely what we're talking about now is is, is a limit to what the press can do, given that the press have to balance their relationship with Carrie Simmons and Number 10 Downing Street. Uh, isn't it time now for a for an actual independent investigation rather than just a drip drip of, of stories into the press? Well, that's what we've called for, and that's what I think would actually save the government. From, from this. Um, we, the, the, the Bow Group is often criticised as, as being troublesome, that if the government had followed our advice, in the long run, they would have been far better off. And, and the same is true in this situation. As I say, I've been looking into Carrie Simmons since the Pat the Tory scandal. And from all of the information I have seen, there are very, very serious questions about um, her prior conduct, and her prior associations that, that, to be honest, have national security implications. Mm. Now, again, it, it is not my role or the Bogut's role to rule on that. But uh, it is absolutely the role of the appropriate law enforcement bodies um, and indeed the government itself as a transparent government to look into what, you know, you can, you can cry sexism all you want, but the the, the, the sheer level of reports, the consistency of reports, the coherence of reports cannot be denied. And, and, and you can no longer legitimately say that this matter should not be investigated for fear of being called sexist. Mm. And to your earlier question about why is the Daily Mail doing this? And let's remember, I'm sure a lot of your readers, listeners will have heard of the Daily Mail because it is not just the British. Sure newspaper. It is a global newspaper. And I think that the Mail Online website is the most popular website on earth. News website. Um, news website on earth. Um, I, my sense of why the Mail is doing this is because they know the true extent of information there is on this. And they know that whilst they might get pushback from number 10, and they have, they've told me they've had very significant pushback from number 10. But whilst they might get that in the short term, they know that in the end they will be vindicated on this issue, as we in the Bow Group know. In the end, we will be vindicated on this issue. Um, you know, to 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 quote um, DJ Trump again, um, we will win, mm. and we cannot. Nick talks about old oh, members of Parliament are scared. It, it's the jobs of members of Parliament to scrutinise the government. The, you know, the equivalent of congressmen and senators. It's their role to scrutinise the government. And they're not doing their jobs. 
But I can tell you this, and as I said yesterday, we will not let this happen in our country. And we had all this with Brexit, that the establishment tried to stitch it up. They didn't want us to have the vote. They did whatever they could to stop it. We did have the vote. We won. And then they tried over a period of four years to call the vote again, to block it, to do everything in their power. But in the end, we still have a situation in Britain where the people decide. And on this question, as on Brexit, uh, the people are with us, and that will see the conclusion. Now, I want to just underscore, and we're reaching the end of, 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 of legal time here, but I want to underscore how this may metastasize over the next couple of months. The G7 summit is actually supposed to be held in Cornwall in the United Kingdom. The UK is the host country of the G7 summit this year. That is on the 11th to the 13th of June. Uh, and at these meetings, at these at these events, you tend to see uh, at least the hosts, um, significant other, interact with other political figures. Now, we don't know quite yet if this G7 is going to take place in person, uh, but I would suggest that it probably will. And that will allow Carrie Simmons, uh, as, the, as the partner of Boris Johnson, the host uh, nation, to have access to a lot of other world leaders, uh, information that maybe... Um, you know, secure or, or, or should be guarded. Uh, she will be seen as somebody who can, and, and and she will certainly want to get access to that information. So this is this is actually coming to a really interesting head here in terms of how it's dovetailing uh, with events around the world right now. Any final thoughts from you both? Let's start with Nick. Yeah, very much. The G seven is very important. Um, there's certain areas of policy um, which she is in control of, um, or at least anyway, sort of get heavily influenced and the G7 would be one of them. So I think there will be going into that uh, conference, there'll be a clear agenda, which um, the UK, um, Joe Biden and, and the, the, the five of us um, will be, you know, sort of listening to and talking to. And, you know, that's very much coming from uh, Karen Simmons. Mm. But before that, what will happen? I mean, we've called for an inquiry there's potentially some, you know, sort of legal challenges to saying some of the decisions being made, potentially some of those decisions which will come into the G7 and, you know, sort of affect America may not be legally binding because they've been taken by the Prime Minister's girlfriend, not by the government of the United Kingdom. Ben, can you name the G7? The G7 nation? Yeah. You want me to name the G7 nation. Well, I'm just saying because Nick started to and then it sort of petered off, so I was wondering if you might finish that thought. Right. Well, you've got uh, the United Kingdom, yep. France, yep. Germany, yep. the United States, yep. Japan, yep. Um, China, and... No. Uh, no. Uh, Russia used to be... That was G8. Did it? G8. It's 7. And they got thrown out, so that's why it's G7. It's yeah. very surprising. European. Canada. Canada's one. There's one more, you're forgetting. European. Woman. Um, well, I said Germany and France. No, you didn't say Germany. But you, know, you just did. I did say Germany. Did you did hear Germany, Germany, Nick? Germany. No, I don't think he no, did. No, I don't think he so did. That, it's on record. It's on record. Well, I think well, he fought out of the hostages, but then 
People, listening. people will listening. be able to hear it back. People will be able to hear it back. All right, so yeah. we finally we finally got to the G7. Um, that was much harder than it should have been for people who work in politics. Who else is at the G7? Anybody? This is a good quiz show. Maybe we should make this a quiz show. You, you mean what other sort of staff or... Who else is going to be there this year? What, See, you mean they're not, they're not, they're not, the G7, right? They're not, they don't have guest countries. They do have guest countries. They always have guest countries. So, they always have a guest organization. Yeah, so, uh, of course, uh, Ursula von der Leyen, the president of the European Commission, Charles Michel, well, the president not- of the European Council. Hold on, I'm not done, Ben. Know your place. <laughs> this is Scott Morrison, the Prime Minister of Australia, Narendra Modi, the Prime Minister of India, and Moon Jae in, the president of South Korea, have all been invited to attend the G7 this year also. So sort of quite big things there, because when you think about the implications of not just the G7 countries who are going to be there, you've also got Australia, which is incredibly important in terms of what's going on with China right now, incredibly important in what's going on in the world of big tech. Of course, India as well, the China stuff, uh, notwithstanding, India is a major growth country and a major trading uh, uh, potential ally uh, for the UK as well. And of course, uh, the South Korean, which again, you know, this is this is clearly shaping up to be, I think, an historic, which should be an historic G7 summit, uh, given the wider implications of the of the of the anti-communist versus communist China dynamics that we'll see taking place there. Ben. Yeah, um, I mean, it's it's clearly going to be scaled down uh, in terms of the 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 breadth of, of people that are there built around the leaders because of the the pandemic. Yeah. Um, but as I say, I think the the point to this question is that if if the reports that have come out and indeed the additional information I've seen is true then the law has been broken. Right. And um, the, the, who, who has broken the law is a question. And I think um, the, the, the government itself will have most to answer for. I don't actually think that, that Carrie Simmons herself, as a legal entity, will, will probably uh, have, have broken the law personally. Uh, because she was never given any official responsibility. And I suppose her legal arguments would be, well, if the government's stupid enough to let me in to run things, then it's not really my responsibility not to do it. Mm. Um, but but, uh, the, but, the, but so, coup, coup, coups are illegal the last time. Coups still still not legal. Uh, well, they, very, they tend to very quickly become legal after new governments in post. Yeah. Uh, post facto, they yeah, declare we've just seen it, that over uh, here. Yeah. Um, so I don't. I, I, I don't think a coup has ever been announced in Fatler magazine. I think that's the first. <laughs> um, yeah, maybe you didn't know who the G seven countries were, so I'm going to have to check that as well. Yeah. No. Okay. If again, I, I encourage the, 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 your listeners to check the record if I'm right on that. Um, I don't know if Shay Guevara did a big glossy Photoshop piece in in. Uh, in 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 Tatler in back in the day, yeah. Um, but uh, the, the, so all, all of these questions really go to the, the legitimacy of government, and we've seen this on on the G seven, the G twenty, the world stage. Um, we've we've seen questions being asked about different governments throughout the world as are they legitimate? Right. China, the United States, 
most recently, you know, people including Boris Johnson have been keen to question the legitimacy of the president, uh, the presidency of the United States, the presidency of Donald Trump. So this becomes then a question that hangs over the United Kingdom. Mm. Um, we, we haven't got time to go into detail now, but it just so happens that the, the, the Scottish government, which is one of the, the nations of the United Kingdom, is currently experiencing a major scandal itself. Right. So the image of all this on the world stage is that you have a parent of democracy in the United Kingdom that's held up as a paragon of, of, of freedom and democracy that, that is currently seeing these horrific things occur that, that, that I never thought I would see happen to my country. And, I, you know, it's very sad. But uh, never mind being scared about a five-foot-five uh, Carrie Simmons, um, we need to stand up to it. Well, I mean, you say that, but Nick went from 5'10 to 5'8 and a half in three seconds. If he keeps on that trajectory, he does have to be scared of a 5'5 five five oh, Carrie Nick, Simmons. No, 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 don't get me wrong. Nick should be terrified. <laughs> I'm not scared. Yeah, Nick, Nick, uh, um, tell the audience where they can uh, where they can follow you. Sure, it's uh, Nick, which is N-I-C underscore Connor, C-O-N-N-E-R, and that's on Twitter. A lot of the audience no longer on Twitter, as, uh, as I'm currently not on Twitter. Nick, are you on any uh, alternative platforms? I need yet? to. I need to on this. You know, I'm I'm not you know that active on social media. I try and avoid it myself, but mm. um, I need I need to look out these sort of new platforms to see see where everyone's at. Yeah, it's getting I'm, quite lonely. I'm having a good time on over at Gab. Uh, some people are still using Parler as well. Ben, where can uh, where can the audience follow you? Um, I- B underscore HQ and at Bo Group on Twitter, mm. um, and uh, you can you can find us on Facebook as well, the Bo Group uh, and uh, BoGroup.org online. I mean, I, I you're a great self promoter, Raheem. Thank you. Um, but I'm 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 always uh, whenever anyone asks me my social media handles, I sort of say, well, we are on it, but you know, there's not much worse than big tech. Well, sure. in the world so I'm, sure. I'm always reticent to promote it yeah but look but I, I probably mean, should I probably should because you've you've uh, you've got yourself banned from Twitter and that's something I aspire to well and honestly the the audience really wants to keep up to date with with people like you and wants to keep up to date with these stories i mean the reviews that we've got on yesterday's show already just just prove that to me that people are interested and 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 really want to know what's going on behind the scenes and i thank you both for joining us here uh and letting us know thank you very much all right, ladies and gentlemen, that brings us to a, another close of another special show today. I'm very grateful to you joining us here. I don't know if I, pre- I pressed the wrong button there. I got, I got crickets when, in fact, I needed the outro music. I got to... Uh... See, this is one of the things about this new board that I got, which I was so joyous about when I got it. I'm sure you'll remember me from the first couple of episodes talking about how much I love my new setup. But I enjoy creating the content and the episode so much that I actually haven't gone through the board and changed all the default settings. Hence, you heard the crickets there when I pressed the button. I also can load in many more sound effects and things, and I'm very much looking forward to finding the time to load in some new effects and things like that. I did try out the other day the transitions, mid-show, the transitions from one block to another with the short version of this music. I quite like that. I saw some comments that said people like that as well. 
So I've got a lot of work to do. I'm, I'm going off and signing copies of books from members now that we're going to be mailing out this week. You can get to us at thenationalpulse.com forward slash support. I think I have 999 books to sign and mail out in the next couple of weeks. So that'll be, be fun for my wrist. If you want to help us out, go to fundrealnews.com. Fundrealnews.com. And I will see you back on Monday. <laughs>